Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We ask you to take your Bibles over to the book of Hebrews 9.27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment what lies beyond death's door? I once read a compelling story of a young pastor whose son was very sick and not expected to live very long. Night after night, the pastor's wife would put their boy to bed, say a prayer, hoping for a miracle. One evening, the boy looked at his father and said, Daddy, what does it feel like to die? The father struggled to speak a word. He said a quick prayer for courage. He put his hand on his child's face and said, Son, it's something like this. Night after night, you go to sleep here on this couch. You don't know it, but I find you asleep. I come and take you in my arms. And I place you in the room I built for you with my own hands. Then the young pastor could barely finish. said, son, one of these days you're going to fall asleep. But don't be afraid. Because Jesus is going to come and pick you up. And take you to the place he's prepared for you. It's a wonderful place for the child of God. The place God has prepared for us. Death is inevitable. There are few exceptions in the word of God. We read that Enoch did not see death. Elijah did not see death. Those that are alive when the Lord returns will not see death. First Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But for most of us that's here, if we're not alive when the Lord comes, we're going to have to die. Job said in the 30th chapter and verse number 3, For I know that that will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living. The longer we live, the more tattered and feeble this tent becomes. Someone said, I'm an old man. I'm an old woman. I've been around for a long time. But this is not our long home. We're just here for a very short time. And what I want to know is what's going to happen? Imagine a door. None of us have went to that door. So we don't know only what the Bible has to say. One of these days, our heart is going to stop beating. The blood will stop coursing through our body. Our chest will no longer rise and fall with every breath. Our brain will stop sending millions of signals to the various parts of our body. By the end of this year, probably everybody that's in this building is going to be touched by the death of a loved one. Most of us have considered the question, a 
of the ages that's found in the book of Job, the 14th chapter and verse number 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. The question we must ask ourselves is this. What will happen to me when I walk through death's door? Only a faithful Christian has a reason to face death with confidence. Even though a Christian does not know everything about death, thank God, we don't have to be afraid of it. I'm glad what the psalmist said in the 23rd chapter and verse number 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Thank God for that. Amen. But I tell you, friend, no sinner has a reason to face death with confidence. The backslider cannot face death with confidence. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a born-again believer, you've got something to fear when you think about facing death. Amen. Because you don't have nobody to go down in that valley of death with you. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, nothing compares with the change that's going to take place both for the child of God and for the sinner when each and every one of us walk through death's door. When the spirit leaves the body, that's going to happen one of these days according to the book of James, the second chapter and verse number 26. But I want to inform you, friend, death is not the end. Amen. You might wish it was the end, but death's not the end. Friend, it is the beginning of a whole new existence in another world, either in heaven or in hell. We were created with the realization we are eternal beings. Amen. So regardless of our spiritual condition, we're interested. And what happens beyond death's door? People have been searching for answers for hundreds of years. Obviously, we believe there's only one place that we can find the answer to this question. And it's in the Word of God. Much of our attention about dying and death deep in our hearts we know. Unless Christ comes before we die, there will be a moment. When we breathe our last breath, this old heart that's been pumping for so long is going to cease to pump. The wise thing to do is to prepare for death. Get ready for it. So when it comes upon you, you won't be overwhelmed with surprise. Amen. That you can be ready to step through this valley. Amen. The many people's focus. My friend is just on right now. Amen. We don't like to be faced with death. A lot of people don't like to be reminded of it. But no matter how much you hate the subject, friend, it's a fact that he said it's appointed unto men wants to die and after this judgment. So we need to be ready for this most important appointment that we have. Our culture has devised many ways to keep us from thinking seriously 
about death. Sinner friend, do you realize the devil does not want you to think about dying? He don't want you to think about the end of time. Amen. What's beyond this door or what's beyond the second coming of Christ? And even Christians commonly say, well, did you know she passed away? He passed away. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I believe people do that to avoid the D word. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I just like to call it by its name. My grandma died. My grandpa died. This is the great reality. All of us is moving towards death. What's it going to be like? What are you going to discover beyond these doors? Based on the Word of God, I'd like to give you some things tonight that you're going to discover as soon as you go through death's door. Your eyes are going to be opened up, friend. First thing you're going to discover is, hey, we do not cease to exist after death. After we would die. Still going to be conscious. Both Lazarus and the rich man was conscious. They was alive after death. And the Bible talks to us about the resurrection in Daniel 12 and verse number 2. And it said, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The Bible says in John 5, 28, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Paul put it like this in the book of Acts chapter 24 and verse number 14. And have hope toward God which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection both of the just and of the unjust. Let me tell you friend death does not destroy the soul. Amen. The Bible makes it clear. Jesus made it clear. Listen, don't you just fear them that kill the body, but rather fear God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Friend, death is our transition from the temporary to the permanent. Remember, there's no purgatory. There's just two eternal places, either heaven or hell. And when we die, friend, we do not cease to exist our earthly bodies will cease to function but not us friend for the unbeliever here's what's going to happen when you pass through death's doors you're going to find out you'll be in eternal damnation matthew 25 and verse number 41 says then shall they say also unto them on his left hand depart from me ye cursed and the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels now I've come down to verse number 46 and he said and these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous and the life eternal death is not the final chapter of your life. Amen. There's no annihilation. You'll wish that was so, but there's no annihilation. You do not cease to exist. You'll be fully conscious and not soul sleep. Amen. Your memory will function as well as your five senses. Neither the saved or the lost will cease to exist. 
once they go through death's door, nor will they be without some type of physical form. Death and the resurrection, amen, is going to take place. Both have some kind of a body that enables them to see, speak, hear, and feel. As soon as you die, you'll realize this is eternity. I'm now in eternity. This is what the pastor talked about. Eternity. It's not going to be an end. I'm now in eternity. You realize I could be in eternity seconds from right now. And so it is with every one of you. Even seconds from right now. We could go through death's door and wake up in eternity. And so what's beyond death's door? You'll realize... The unseen world does exist. It really does exist. You might hope it don't. You might not even believe it does not exist. But God exists. Satan exists. Heaven and hell do exist. There's no atheists. There's no skeptics in hell. All of them are now firm believers in what God said. There's no agnostics in the afterlife there's no lukewarm saints in the afterlife what lies beyond death's door some things we thought were necessary to life that were not there's no job promotions there's no colleges there's no schools there's no shopping malls there's no walmarts No social clubs, no bars to attend, no dance halls. Things are going to be different in the great beyond. What are we going to realize once we go through death's door? We're going to realize what we've done in our life determines where we will be in eternity. What a realization when you wake up to the fact, hey, what I've done. While I was alive, while I had my right mind, the life that I live determined where I'll be in eternity. If you stop to think about it, we really just have a brief time, brief spend of time and freedom to live out the choices of life. We don't have a long time to do our own thing. Then we're going to go to judgment, give an account for the life we live. For the Christian, what did I do with my faith? What did I do with the Great Commission? What did I do with the blessings of God? For the unchurched, there's three exceptions. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Except a man has the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You ever think about what you're going to be doing five minutes after you die? What's going to be taking place five minutes after you die? Loved ones will weep or my silent face. Dear ones will clasp me in sad embrace. Shadows of darkness will fill the place five minutes after I die. 
Faces that sorrow, I will not see. Voices that murmur will not reach me. But where, oh where, will my spirit be five minutes after I die? Here I have rested and roved and ranged. Here I have cherished and grown and strained. There and then will all be changed five minutes after I die. Not to repair the good I lack, fixed to the goal of my chosen track. No room to repent, no turning back five minutes after I die. Mated for a with my chosen throng, long is eternity, oh, so long. Then woe is me if my soul be wrong five minutes after I die. Oh, what a fool! Hard the word but true. Passing the Savior with death in view. Doing a deed I can never undo five minutes after I die. If I'm flinging a fortune away, if I'm wasting salvation's day, just as my sentence, my soul shall say, Five minutes after I die. Thanks to Jesus for pardon free. He paid my debt on Mount Calvary's tree. Paradise gates will enfold even me five minutes after I die. Oh, marvelous grace that rescued me. Oh, joyous moment when Jesus I see. Oh, happy day. And like him, I'll be five minutes after I die. A life is a terrible thing to waste. And what are we going to realize when we go beyond death's door? Our earthly opportunities will be gone forever. And that's for all of us. The rich man wanted to send someone back to speak to his brothers. He knew that his destiny was sealed. So his concern was for his five brothers. However, his opportunity for life was gone forever. One day our opportunity to witness for Christ is going to be gone. Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister? Do you have a mother? Do you have a father, a relative, a neighbor, a co-worker, a fellow student who is unsaved? Has God convicted you? To share the gospel with them. Friend, after we die, all earthly opportunities will be gone. Your opportunity, sinner friend, to repent. Your opportunity to be saved. Your opportunity to get right with God will be gone forever and forever. I encourage you, friend. If there's something you need to get done, you better get it done. Our opportunity to grow as a Christian will be gone. Our opportunity to get closer to God will be gone. Our opportunity for revival will be gone. Some believers have been saved for many years, but they're still infants. They're still babes in Christ. Our opportunity to serve God will be gone. That's why the Bible says in John 9 and verse number 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. What, what, what are we going to realize? When we walk through death's door, 
will realize that our destiny has been fixed. Oh, what a sad time. What heart-rendering. What a disappointment. I'm lost. And worse than being lost, my destiny is sealed for time and eternity. The rich man and Lazarus were eternally separated. Abraham reminds the rich man there's a great goal fix between them. No one can pass over. And I tell you, friend, regardless of what the religious world says, there's no second chances after you die. Friend, this life decides where we're going to be in eternity. And once we step over to the other side, there's absolutely no coming back and having another opportunity to get right with God. The rich man would have given everything he owned in order to be in heaven, and Lazarus would not have traded anything for the place he was enjoying. Our eternal destinies hinge on the choice we make about Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Friend, you can't earn your way there. You can't buy your way. We only enter heaven by coming with godly sorrow and repenting of our sins, turning from our sins, and placing faith in the Son of God. And if you've never been saved, if you've never trusted Christ, if you've never repented of your sins, then I encourage you, friend, get your destiny settled. Unless you receive him, friend, you'll be in eternity in torment beyond imagination. We only have this life to make the choices. Amen. After we die, we'll be alive, we'll be conscious, but too late to change our destiny. Last but not least, we'll realize, sinner friend, when you go through death's door, you cannot escape the judgment of God or the penalty of eternity. There's no end to eternity. There's no escape from hell if you go there. There's no relief for those who are in hell. And there are three certainties of which you must remember. Listen to me. Life is so short. Jesus is coming soon. And thirdly, there's a line that's drawn by rejecting the Lord. What does that mean in John 8, 24? I said, therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. To die in your sins means you carry your sins into death with you. See, there's an alternative to that. You don't have to carry your sins into eternity with you. Because 1 Timothy 5 and verse number 24 says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going to judgment, and some they follow after. You don't have to die in your sins. Some men sends their sins on beforehand to judgment. Some they follow after. You see a sinner dying. He, he don't realize what's happening to him. He's going forward. He's dying in his sins. There's nothing more tragic than to die in your sins. Amen. How can I make sure, Brother Larry? 
that this doesn't happen to me, then my friend, come to Jesus. Unless you believe that I'm he, Jesus said, you'll die in your sins. Unbelief toward Jesus Christ is the sin that leaves you taking all your other sins to death with you. Christ becomes your Savior and your friend when you become a true child of God. For those who die in unbelief, friend, there's no second chance. There's no no one to intervene on your behalf. Think about it, sinner. To die without Christ. To be separated from God forever. First in the torments of Hades and finally in the lake of fire. It is never God's will for one soul to die unprepared to meet God. It is not God's will for you to die lost. God does not want you to die lost because 2 Peter 3.19 tells us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Those who are unprepared for death have a horrible surprise awaiting them right through death's door. Having experienced physical death, the individual's destiny is sealed. No opportunity to cross over from the place of utter hopelessness to the place of hope after physical death. No one can return by an act of their own will, for the Scriptures leave no possibility for reincarnation after physical death. Unsaved individuals will have regretful memories of the past and the knowledge of their hopeless future. Oh, what regrets. Loved ones warned you. But you see, if you could walk through death's door and be like an animal and cease to exist, that would be one thing. But you know what? You're going to survive death. You're going to survive when you go through death's door. One's estate is unchangeable after death. After you walk through this door, you'll either be enjoying a personal welcome from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or you'll catch a glimpse of gloom that you have never known. Your mind can't comprehend the picture of gloom that lies beyond death's door. Either way, Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, when you go through death's door, your eternity is fixed. You've got hope right now. But there's coming a day, friend, there'll be no hope. So while relatives and friends plan your future, deciding on a casket, while they're deciding about the burial plot and who is going to be your pallbearers, you'll be more alive than you've ever been. You won't be dead in no casket. You'll be very much alive. You'll either see God on his throne, surrounded by his angels and redeemed humanity, or you'll feel an indescribable weight of all the guilt and the abandonment. There's no destination halfway between heaven and hell. Instead of fearing death, every one of us should live every day in such a way that we can say as John did, Lord Jesus, 
come now. If you're backslid, you can't say that. If you're not a Christian, you don't want the Lord to come. Let this be the time. Get the need met in your heart and life. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.